0: Thank <laughs> you. Welcome in to episode 226 of the Source State Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR Podcast Network. Source State Podcast is, as always, presented by our good friends at Justice Dental. Visit one of their two Lexington locations that's on Blazer Parkway and Wellington Way by scheduling an appointment online at justicedental.com or by calling 859-543-0700. You can even send a text message to one of their friendly team members at the same number to ask a question or make an appointment now is a great time to schedule your dental cleaning dr thompson dr justice and their team strive to provide you with good oral health in a comfortable environment the justice dental team looks forward to seeing you soon i'm your host jack pilgrim of kentucky sports radio very happy to be joined by ksr's own Stephen peak uh, our trusty video videographer and admittedly uh, the most passionate kentucky fan i have ever met (laughs) steven How the
1: heck are you? I'm doing good. I'm trying to stay awake. We're on this road to Missouri. It is brutal. Um, you just, I don't know. I don't know if this camera's getting it, but this has mostly been our view the whole time. Uh, just nothing you made this trip for the football game uh, and you were very outspoken
0: about how (laughs) terrible this drive is so uh, rather than just doing an audio holding up the microphone voice memos as we're driving uh, we wanted to uh, let fans in on this experience and if we have to suffer through this drive uh, you do too so while we're doing this you're going to be watching us drive through the middle of nowhere where uh, we saw a uh, I don't know what it was, a uh, uh, horse family riding through the <laughs> yeah. night, like three degrees outside. Uh, they're ri- just- It's a good time riding, to go for a ride on your horse. Yeah, riding through cornfields in, uh, in their family of horses. I don't know. I don't know what the point of that is, um, but that's what we're seeing right now. As of right now, it is nothing but uh, empty fields and nothingness. We're not even getting like windmills or anything mm-hmm. kind of just interesting. It's, it's nothing but flat land all the way through uh, Missouri. And uh, I'm not,
1: Having a good time no i mean you know we're trying to make the best of it so that's why we're, we're recording this and uh, we've been talking kentucky basketball pretty much the whole way but man it is a long five and a half hours of just it, we'll, we'll get to st louis eventually and we'll see the arch for like two minutes I'm columbia is a nice town it's just getting there is just from from kentucky is just brutal it's no fun so this game in particular wasn't supposed to
0: be that important Going into the year, this yeah. was one that I think uh, nobody had circled on their schedules going into the season, uh, with all the non-conference lead-up and you know all the hype games—Gonzaga, Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, you know everybody was excited for those games, and then this was kind of a, a dud to get us to the new year. The Louisville game, and then uh, the the real start of SEC play looked. I mean, as of this past week, uh, Missouri is one of the hottest teams in college basketball coming off a win over uh, number 16, Illinois, a blowout 20-point win where Missouri was firing on all cylinders. Their offense is amazing. Five different players averaging in double figures. So this game has now become kind of a, not a must-win for Kentucky, but a huge, huge way to start the SEC schedule, Stephen, uh, One that I personally wasn't, I mean, we weren't even planning on making this trip. I was
1: going to uh, say, we, this drive sucks so bad that as much as I wanted to see Kentucky play their first SEC game of the season. I was against this trip. But we kind of – them having the season that they've had and beating Illinois kind of forced our hand, and now here we are. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Missouri is as I said they're filing, firing on all cylinders fired from players
0: averaging in double figures uh, their offense is unbelievable averaging 88 points a game uh, definitely a run and gun uh, type of type of style of play uh, I think that this is a game that can that, that they're gonna want to get into a track meet that plays to their advantage of to their to, to you know its best but I think on Kentucky's end I think it definitely plays into it, to its favor some of that we've been waiting to see instead of the kind of grinded out offense that we've seen under John Calipari this year uh, stalling things out in the first half Uh, I don't think Kentucky is going to get a rock fight tonight I think this might be the most entertaining game we've get we've gotten in in quite some time and I definitely think it it will favor uh favor Kentucky in in that regard Stephen
1: yeah and you had mentioned before we started recording this and as we've been talking about this game on the way there is uh, Kentucky might be the best defensive team that they'll play and uh I, I want to see the game open up a little bit. I, if anything, just to get some guys seeing the ball go through the basket in a meaningful game. I mean, we saw C.J. Frederick hit several threes in the in the last outing, but I want to see them do that in a game that's meaningful. This is your first true road game. I mean, Gonzaga, you were there. Was that a ro- was that a road environment? For my money, it was (laughs) – if you talk to them, they'll say, well, unless we're playing at the kennel, then it's
0: not – you know, this isn't a a true road road environment. But it was 98% Gonzaga fans, uh, and they were as rowdy as anything as as I could personally remember in recent memory. So, for my money, it was a a true road game, but this is the first true official
1: road game. And we're expecting there to be a a pretty good Missouri sellout. Sold out. It's officially a sellout. Uh, Yeah, so, I mean, like – I'm looking forward to seeing Kentucky. Like you said, Missouri averages 88 points a game. Kentucky wants to average 80 a game, um, but in those in these meaningful games, the Kentucky's record's eight and three, right? I mean, I, I guess that's right. I don't I don't really care about what the record is. In my book, they're they're one and three. Um, Trying to be positive, but I, but in these meaningful games, I want to see Kentucky's offense open up a little bit. So even if you know Missouri's maybe not the best defensive team that Kentucky's going to play, if there's somebody who wants to, to run with Kentucky, I, I can. That's been under Calipari. Haven't we just wanted to see teams try to run with the Cats because yeah. that's that's usually when they get in trouble. Yeah. Uh, they try to keep up, and I think Kentucky has. I, I, Drew and I talked about this in New York this roster i love this roster mm-hmm. I, there's not many pl- i don't i don't know of many players across college basketball that i would just you know want to replace some of our guys for obviously they exist but uh, this is a good roster i'm th- can we just look at it as the season starts over today go for an sec championship um haven't had one of those since the COVID year um or since the uh, the, the year was canceled from yeah. from COVID. so i mean you know th- th- i want to see kentucky come out strong in the sec Play for an SEC championship. Uh, And I'm excited about tonight. This is the first SEC road green that I've seen Kentucky play in person. So I'm anxious for the environment and everything.
0: Yeah, and I think if you, like, you never want to. Downgrade an opponent. Missouri is a hell of a team. They they have a lot of talent, led by Kobe Brown, uh, just coming off SEC Player of the Week honors. He's coming off a 31-point performance against Illinois. He uh, was at the top of the scouting report. We talked to KT Turner yesterday. He said that is the guy that we are all in on. We cannot let him get rolling. He's super versatile. It, you know, kind of reminds me of the Julian Strother what we saw uh, with Gonzaga. Just a guy who can beat you in so many different ways, and it you was know, a, a trail three-point specialist. He's he's a guy that could really really hurt Kentucky. Uh, But is it wrong of me to say that Missouri's kind of been a little bit of fool's gold this year so far? The numbers look good. The record looks amazing, but they haven't played anybody of substance leading up to this most recent win. They got absolutely destroyed against Kansas, uh, looked Okay, against Central Michigan or uh, Central Florida, looked okay and a win against uh, Wichita State. So, this is a team that they've gotten some okay wins. They had the one statement win against Illinois. On paper, I think that this game is definitely one that everybody's gonna, you know, be super excited about and uh, you know, a huge game in that regard. But I think this is a huge opportunity for Kentucky to maybe make a statement of its own because I think all eyes are on, you know, this program and its offensive struggles and uh, I think it is gonna be a big night, you know. Wednesday night uh, SEC Network game. I think there's gonna be a lot of attention on this game. you look at all the national reporters are saying, this is one of the best games of the uh, of today's slate. So uh, I think with so much attention on this game, it could be a great opportunity for Kentucky to kind of get that statement win. Maybe get some offense, you know, like you said, just get some some players seeing the ball fall through the net. Uh, you know, CJ Frederick could be a huge opportunity for him. Antonio Reeves, guys like yeah. that, uh, you could really get them go and score a ton of points against. Admittedly, a a pretty poor defensive team in in, in, uh, Missouri. Uh, I I think that this could be a game that Kentucky could actually win uh, pretty handily. You know, if you're looking to make a statement win, if you play to your strengths, I think Kentucky could capitalize on
1: that um, and do kind of what. Kansas did just a few weeks ago. Yeah, and I think, uh, speaking for Kentucky fans, uh, you take a one-point win from today. Absolutely. You gotta get a win here. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, taking another loss to a, to a Power 5 team, uh, you know, really, I thought this would be a chance for Kentucky to get a ranked win. I was kind of, I know, like, I agree with you, I mean, they haven't clearly played anybody, and the team. first time they played somebody, Kansas, they get blown out, but, I mean, Missouri looked pretty good against Illinois, and, uh, you know, maybe that was a fluky performance, but I, I kind of thought we would be playing, I thought, kind of thought Kentucky would be playing a top 25 team today, um, but still it, being able to, to come into that Loy- the Louisville game, coming off a win, you're not going to lose that game. Yeah, and you know that's two wins against Power Five teams. Uh, we will use air quotes there in describing Louisville but um that then, then you get into the heart of the SEC schedule and and I, as I've said this is an opportunity to reset like everybody just reset from a fan base perspective from a team perspective that you're you're zero and zero uh coming into today and um you know all this all the struggles we saw in the Michigan State game and 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 the UCLA game just can we forget can we forget about that I, I, I want to ask you this though is um you wrote a story uh, just about 15 minutes ago, <laughs> uh, you, had, you had to crank out like an 800-word story in about 15 minutes. It's pretty impressive. But can, if, What was the big big news there? So, we're
0: not getting Chris Livingston at the four, as I think a lot of Kentucky fans have been wanting desperately. Uh, he played extremely well at the four and, and limited, you know, kind of the... The Florida a and game really was not a great example of anything rotation-wise, yeah. position-wise, things like that. Because... They were a horrible team. Uh, Florida A&M was not a good team, and um, I think Cal kind of knew that going into it, and that's why he got so creative with the lineups. So you got to see Ugana Onyenso and Yenzo uh, and. Oscar, she played together. Lance Ware started at the four alongside Oscar with Chris Livingston at the three. You got to do minutes. He played some at the four. There's a whole lot of just mixing and matching there. Uh, across the board, got a lot of minutes there for Cason Wallace um, playing the lead point guard role there down the stretch. Got to see what he was like with the kind of keys in hand, and he put forth his best performance of the year, but it was against terrible competition. However, it led to a kind of epiphany moment for John Calipari, which I don't know if it's one that Kentucky fans will agree with—that Adu Thero needs to be playing the four, and Chris Livingston needs to be playing the three—and looking at the quote. And in the, in the actual you know, specifics on that, um, it was because Cal likes those two together. He likes the versatility they bring together, having two six, 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 ish kind of big physical guards of sorts on the floor together alongside a case and, and a Savier. Maybe you take Xavier out and add more shooting with CJ Frederick or uh, Antonio Reeves. just allows you to have more versatility at that position with Oscar at the five. If you think of it in a big picture perspective, I think I like it a lot more than just on- paper, Adu Thero at the four, and Chris Livingston at the third.
1: Yeah, well, okay, so I, I went back and kind of watched some old John Calipari teams. One of them, in particular, 2012 team. Michael Kidd-Gilchrist and Terrence Jones played that that 3-4 there. We've been talking about, I think basketball, we, we already know, has kind of changed. You can go four guards. I, I, just, yeah. I really feel like Chris Livingston has the physicality to play the four, mm-hmm. but gives you that that dyna- the dynamic of the, your four being able to to shoot threes. Now, I mean, I don't know if the arrow is the answer. I don't think Lance Ware is the answer. And I know Cal has been flirting with that lineup too. There's one lineup, Jack, will we ever see it? And this is my five. And it was Casey Wallace at the one, CJ Frederick at the two or the three, and Reeves playing the two or the three. And then uh, Chris Livingston at the four and Oscar at the five. I, I don't know. I feel I like it's a national title starting or five uh you know a five-man team right there that's i, I like any of those guys shooting the ball even oscar for mid-range i like all you know th- this is what i hate about this look at this like you can't see it There's on, on podcast but construction
0: is, that with their they're not even really doing anything it's making a one-lane road it's just terrible absolutely
1: terrible. it's it's the the it's wet it's ugly it's just terrible this oh, yeah and, i just this drive um The the worst part is we got to do it again on the way back. Yeah, another five, five and a half hours of this. Um, I I will say, what is
0: the common theme with what you just said about the different players, you know, the in and out, the different players of the three the four, versatility there, um, you know, trying out Lance Ware, trying out Chris Livingston, trying out a new Thero. The common theme with all of this is no Jacob Toppin. And I think Mm. that there is something to be said about... I don't know. Call me a conspiracy theorist. Call me a skeptic. I, I don't know. How, whatever you want to say. I think the Florida A&M game, the starting Lance at the four, all the talk after the game about we need physicality, we need toughness, the, the message basically leading up to that game, the last week and a half, two weeks, the entire message has been we need toughness, we need physicality, we need somebody who's going to bring their effort every single play, every single possession. Uh, Chin Coleman had a quote uh, two weeks ago where he said that, uh, you know, they're they're – Jacob Toppin is a, needs to be an everyday kind of guy, not an every other day, not an every, he said it gets to the point where it's every other possession, every other play, he, you never know what you're going to get out of him, it's just too much inconsistency with Jacob Toppin, I think the Florida A&M game was entirely a message directed at Jacob Mm. Toppin, as a, we will figure out a backup plan if you're not going to be the guy to step up. And be the guy that we need you to be at the fore And I, I think that that's kind of what this is. If if Toppin can't be the guy with that star potential that everybody kind of thought, what we saw out of him in the Bahamas, then I think it now is the time to start figuring out a contingency plan. Start to come up with that backup plan because uh, he was a guy that was supposed to be leaned on, and you know maybe even a breakout star on this team. And he just has not been that guy. He hasn't had been been uh, you know had the de- defensive intensity that Kentucky has needed. Hasn't been physical. Been shying away from contact. Tag kind of floating on the perimeter for mm-hmm. you know mid-range jump shots, three-point jump shots. He just has not been that guy that Kentucky needed, and I think the Florida A&M game was the perfect example of Cal wanting to make a, a message, wanting to make a statement that if you're not going to be that guy for us, we're going to find somebody else who is. Hey,
1: Cal and Art had mentioned something. Uh, I think uh, I, maybe it was the game before UCLA that was like, you know, you have this great vertical. I'd love to see it mm-hmm. when you go get rebounds. You have you have a 40-inch vertical. Yeah. Use all 40 inches of it is What he said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, and. I, I, I we talked before the season on, on one of these episodes that I, th- I, I said that I thought that uh, Jacob Toppin would be one of the best players in America. I mean, could, yeah. I, I mean, on paper, I, yeah. He has the, he has the athleticism. I like his jump shot. It's just not going in right now. Um, but yeah, Jacob Toppin has been maybe you know one of the bigger disappointments. I don't want to like. I'm not. I don't think I'm being too critical of him. I, I I'm say I say that because I think he could very easily be one of the best players in the country. Yeah. Um, he wouldn't be the, it wouldn't be this much of a disappointment if we didn't have such high expectations for him. And maybe, maybe there were too lofty expectations. I mean, I really did think he was. And it's look, it's still December. A lot of season left and a lot of time for him to figure it out and and come around and be a contributor on the team and you know more about this than i do but he was one of those guys that was in there working on his jump shot shot the most shots i think in practice with that shot tracker yeah so i mean I, you know i don't know how much confidence is playing into it and i know maybe it's hard when you're missing shots to to find different ways to contribute to your team's success and you know cal always talks about he's talked about that for years like you're going to help us on the defensive end you're going to get rebounds you're going to find another way to help us win this game since the shots aren't going in um I think the shots will eventually fall. And maybe today in a game that can be more open, Toppin sees the floor, sees a couple shots go down. Get, be, yeah. I mean, get the, get the confidence going a little bit. And does it remind you at
0: all of last season when the team kind of hit their rut? It was the... Uh, you know, Notre Dame game where everybody yeah. thought, you know, all hell had broken loose. The team had no offensive identity. Everything was just terrible. You know, this and that. I, I remember that so vividly. And mm-hmm. they responded with that stretch of the WKU game, yes. the the uh, UNC, UNC game, yeah. and then the Kansas game. Yep. And those three games back-to-back-to-back to back to back kind of opened things up for Kentucky mm-hmm. and really started – Kind of letting them find their groove and it, you know, led to a a stretch in January where Kentucky was like the best team in college basketball. They scored 107 against Tennessee, right? This feels like that type of game that Mm -hmm. could get you, you take care of business in Columbia. Ideally, on paper, it looked like a sensational win. It'd be a quad one win, true road game. Uh, On paper, this would look amazing uh, on Kentucky
1: Mobile banking requires downloading
0: the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Kentucky's resume. Transition that into uh, what could be a very feel-good game, feel-good win for Kentucky uh, against Louisville. Rivalry game, rivalry matchup. If you yeah. find a way to dog-walk them, run them off the floor build that momentum and get that offensive identity you know cruising uh and then i think you can start playing with fire a little bit i think they're start you know uh, feeling a lot better about where things stand uh, offensively going into the real bulk of the sec schedule and then in january you get the uh kansas game and you know that's when the real fun will begin but i just feel like this stretch could could again on paper ideally theoretically It could lead to a stretch of, you know, I think things starting to come together for this offense that is now ranked, uh, looking at it,
1: uh, 199.
0: in, in quality efficiency yeah. uh, teams ranked in the top 50 so teams worth a damn uh, essentially yeah. um they're 199 in college basketball which is just simply unacceptable uh and they got Not with they, this they, roster they yeah. have to start finding an identity they have to uh, you know move that ball more run more stuff i mean you know, how often do you hear oscar sheboy flat out say i need us to run more stuff I mean, yeah, also, Kentucky star yeah, he player, did. national
1: player of the year. Yeah. He says that Kentucky needs to run more stuff. That's an issue. He, he also he, said we need to spread out more. He that's said part that of coach, that's part of it. He, he said in the uh, the UCLA game, he told uh, he told the media. Maybe it wasn't right after that game. I think it was one of the next games. But he said I, I was saying coach, they're, they're double teaming me. They were like. Quadruple teaming him sometimes, I and mean, I sent you that one screenshot. There were four guys on the, on the around the perimeter who were wide Fair open. Way. I think Oscar was even called for a foul there, but they want you know wanting to force feed the ball down to him. I, I, you know, I, I look at Oscar as like I, he is the reason that you should be just shooting the ball from you know if you get an open look take it because because you might even if you miss it Oscar might get the rebound and get a putback. Um, so yeah, I want to see something. I don't I, whether they they win by by 20 or or you know win by one point today i just want to see better ball movement i want to see them have fun i haven't seen this team have fun yet like they from big blue madness to you know through the ucla game have you really does it look like they're having fun i mean everything's been like this business-like approach to every game and then when you get to the bigger games you just see everybody just feels like they just tighten up and uh you're not going to win very many games against good teams when you're playing like that. I, and I don't know if that starts with the, the coaching staff. I know I do feel like nationally even, not just here in Kentucky, there's a little bit of like a pressure on Calipari. Do you feel like that might be the case? Well, pressure on these players as well. Six returning
0: players from the team that lost to St. Peter's. Like yeah. I feel like that mm-hmm. pressure of, you know, this has to be a team, you know, even Oscar Sheboy has been tight in games and missing shots and he shouldn't, you know, his entire mantra this entire offseason was I'm not coming back for the individual accolades I'm coming back to win a national championship for Kentucky. It looks amazing in headlines, trust me, we know we wrote them, it was (laughs) sensational but what pressure does that put on yourself where everything relies on a national championship. Every, and basically, they're what they're rare. saying right now is we understand that we couldn't get over that hump in postseason play last year, and now none of this matters until they get past that first weekend. And then once then that happens, the pressure kind of gets off their sh- the shoulders, and then you can loosen up a little bit. But it does feel like they're not having any fun because it is so much pressure on them to not – be the team that they were last year and I said this on last week's show UCLA was baffled at Kentucky's game plan they left almost like laughing and I can't believe that this team with so much talent is so terrible at passing the ball ball movement is so bad they're they're so one-dimensional they're so predictable they pass it inside to Oscar Sheboy and just stop moving on the perimeter let him do whatever he wants to do pass it back out at the end of the shot clock for a you know last-second heat for, for Xavier Wheeler or, you know, whatever the case is, it, the, the offense just has no identity. There's no rhyme or reason to anything that they're doing and, and left UCLA going, I, I can't believe we won that game the way we did. Double-digit win uh, in the CBS Sports Classic in a game that, you know, admittedly, the two teams, talent-wise, Kentucky oh, should, yeah. should run circles around UCLA. So, uh, I mean, Adem Bono was the star quote-unquote center for UCLA who, you know, was a, a backup option for Kentucky during the recruiting process. So it's just, you know, little things like that that I don't think UCLA thought they were as talented as, as Kentucky was, but they ended up That ended up not mattering because of the other things that went so poorly for Kentucky. So that stuff has to get fixed. Uh, it just really feels like tonight is a huge opportunity for Kentucky to get some of those things fixed. Uh, how great would it be, Steven, to just get a 95-point performance, oh, just go out there and just spray, just knock down a bunch of shots, let C.J. Frederick get hot in a game that matters again. He got things rolling against Florida A&M, but they suck. That, that we don't we didn't yeah. learn anything from that florida a and m game no. outside of the fact that they were
1: not very good so yeah. uh I, that every team inside rup arena always hits threes no matter who they are we yeah. learned we again learned that that would be that would be great 95 points when 95 or something like, like that you know, know 98 yeah.
0: i shoot i'd be i'd at be comfortable 80 with 80 at would be point. good yeah. yeah
1: 80 that's the you know that's the uh, you want to average 80 points per game you start with averaging 80 you know in the sec uh and that would start with tonight but but and on the flip side, we talked about what you know uh, th- th- that they could have a big game today, maybe even win, running away, and that this could be the start of you know a, kind of a, a turning the page on the season a little bit and getting things back on, on on the right track. But is there a scenario where the worst case scenario happens? And uh, I don't I don't see Kentucky getting run off the floor tonight. Ooh. And any it, but but is there a scenario where you know they come out with another 10 point loss? And, and what does that look like? So their two best players are shooting over 42% from three.
0: As a team, they're shooting a full 37-ish percent from three. So when they do get hot, they get extremely hot. That's what happened against Illinois. They, when they're firing on all cylinders, they can beat pretty much anybody. So to say that losing, and especially in losing that type of fashion, like we just saw Illinois do, who has beaten some pretty solid teams, UCLA being one of them, you know, it is a scary thought because this is kind of the the, the feel good win. Like this is the one that, on paper, it's kind of building up to the perfect storybook moment for Kentucky to kind of send the season off. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of get rid of the bad taste, the first third of the season, yeah. uh, out of your ma- mouth, and focus on the second, the, the second and third. Thirds of that uh, of the season. This is the perfect opportunity, uh, and it's just a scenario I don't even want to envision <laughs> that, unfolding. Because that, that ride back is going to be that so would be, long. That'd be worst case scenario. <laughs> that that right there, I think would be an all time low. Like I don't I don't know how you recover. You don't win super pretty. Yeah, you win by 20 points against Florida A&M, but that should have been a game. That that was a name or score game. Kentucky could have won that game by 100 or 15 or four. like Whatever you want to win by, uh, they could have done that. So you didn't learn anything about them. So really the last real feeling that we've gotten about this team was against UCLA, following that up with this, oh, That'd be ugly. You,
1: you just you can't you can't let that scenario unfold. You got to win this game. And I can just feel like just even having to think about it because we've both been kind of on you know so far on this trip. I've been thinking that when we leave, we'll be it'll be after a Kentucky win. Kind of just even putting that thought out there. Just yeah, I just thought this would be a really long ride back. Just have to go drive past these same. It's the same farmland, these same trees for five hours after a loss. Look, of beef. If, if Kentucky loses tonight, I'm
0: driving the whole way back yeah. home tonight. Yeah, get the, the hell the out best. of there. Yeah, I'll be home at 5 a.m. I don't care. <laughs> I I am getting the hell out uh, off this trip. I'm going to take some time away and just disappear for a while because yeah. I, I I can't. It's just not a scenario that can unfold. It's They've got a great out.
1: record right now with this with wood it, and then we'll we'll go back to the positivity. But let's let's just. If they if Kentucky loses this, how bad of a loss would it be? I mean, this is a Missouri team. Like you said, it, it maybe uh, a little bit of a fluke well, win against Illinois, but I don't know. At that point, you could start arguing that maybe that's just who they are. That they
0: are a hot shooting team, and yeah. you know those teams do strike every once in a while, and uh, you know. Alabama, when they are kind of playing that same run and gun style, put a ton of points on the board, get a ton of shots up, you know, when they're rolling, they can beat anybody in college basketball. And they're kind of known as that, you know, hotter, hotter, ice cold type team. But maybe, uh, you know, that would just prove that Missouri is better than I'm giving them credit for. And maybe they aren't just a fluke. So, uh, I, I, I don't personally see that unfolding, but you know, yeah. it, it would lead me to be more, you know, give more credit to Missouri for being the team that maybe okay. I should have given them the credit for going into this game. Uh, but not I so hope, much I, I, I taken hope, away.
1: F- okay. I hope that we don't even have to have that conversation. Yeah, that would be that would be nice. I have another question uh, for you too, because again, you're you're constantly uh, covering the team. Uh, the Severe Wheeler only played what twenty minutes in the last game. I mean, is that going to be a trend we see, or is that another? I'm sending a message to my senior, you know, uh, what what do you think, do do we, or, or is that, maybe is that the rotation? I really think, and I'll, I'm sorry, I will let you answer the question I asked you, but I really think Severe Wheeler could be absolutely phenomenal off the bench as an energy guy Like Darius Miller came off the bench as a senior and and he he did pretty well yeah people sobbed their eyes out whenever he walked through the
0: the circle you know on senior night and played my old yeah. Kentucky home he was one of those beloved Kentucky players in, in, in of the Cal era and le- you know leading up to it it's not a bad thing if you come off the bench it's not a bad thing if you're a yeah. crucial role piece on a Kentucky basketball team
1: yeah yeah so i mean do you think that it is possible that we started to see him only because he was playing what almost the whole game, right? So I had heard earlier in the
0: year, and I've, I've, I put this out on various platforms, said it on this show, that uh, I was told that Casey Wallace would be getting the keys to this team as the season went on. And I thought, the again, we didn't learn much about the Florida A&M game because it was what it was. But just from a mentality standpoint of what Cal's looking for, him playing the, the last 11 minutes of that game and spread ballooning the lead from, I think it was like 7 in the second half up to 20 to close out the game, mm-hmm. uh, all with Sabir Wheeler on the bench. Um, I thought that was really, really telling on Cal's end. And I think he had a quote after the game where he was referring to Case and Wallace as my point guard. Started, said some things like, you know, we got to get him used to being the point, you know, running point and, you know, being comfortable in that role and things like that. And, you know, it, he said it in the midst of, you know, Calipari spiels where yeah, he can say a lot of nothing in a lot of time. So <laughs> you kind of take each quote and decipher them as yeah. you, you know, as necessary. But I thought that was really telling. He was referring to Kaysen just on the surface, referring to Kaysen as his point guard. Why would he say that unless he had a reason behind it? And I think it's totally fair. Kaysen, uh, I, I, I like getting kind of Intel from the teams that Kentucky's playing and you know what their, th- their thoughts are and they left even with Kason going 2 for 13 against UCLA, they left that game saying Caseon Wallace is Kentucky's best player and mm-hmm. admittedly they said if if the the keys are in Xavier Wheeler's hands as a 35 minute per game type of guy, Kentucky won't win anything so that was not my quote. That was that was UCLA's quote, they won't win anything of substance this season. And I think that there's something to that. And I agree with yeah. what you said. I've said it, I mean, to, to the death of me, to the my face has been blue. Die on that hill. <laughs> uh, the fact that Savir has a crucial role in this team. He can be yes. an unbelievable talent yes. at his best. He's amazing. But the reason he's amazing is because he's a change of tempo guy. He's a yes. change of pace, ebb and flow guy that if you are in need of a spark plug, I'm going to go 95 miles an hour down the floor, 94 feet of hell, that's who Savery wheeler is he is a yep. guy that you can you you plug in and, and say we, we need a spark go give you a spark that's who he is he's a guy that's gonna you know set set the tone he's gonna you know initiate a fast break he's gonna get things wrong in transition and find opportunities you know a lob at the rim or mm-hmm. you know a, a transition bucket for himself you know one of his patented scoops like he has a very crucial role in this team, but it doesn't have to be as a 35-minute... It yep. can't be a change of pace if it's the one pace the whole game. Absolutely. So, kind of u- using that to, you know, maximizing those skills that he brings to the table, and having your kind of even-keeled guy who doesn't get too high or too low in Case and Wall as your go-to guy, I don't see how there, how that's a flawed system. I don't know how that that idea could, could go wrong for Kentucky. Let Case and play through his mistakes as the lead guard right now. He's gonna turn the ball over. He's gonna make dumb decisions. He's gonna take bad shots, let him play through that. So when March rolls around, he can be the 33, 34, 35 minute per game guy. And Savir can be your 25 minute per game guy as the change of pace guy, the tempo setter, and, and you know really get things rolling off the bench. And I think that's your team. I think that is where Kentucky will be at its best. It's not attacking Xavier individually. It's not. No. It's it's, it's
1: understanding
0: what he is best at, and that's
1: what he's best at. Yeah, and I, I, I wanted to say, and I'm glad you said that too, that, you know, there's been a little bit of criticism uh, at Sevier Wheeler you know it's not it's not really criticism of Sevier Wheeler I agree with you he has a huge role to play on this team if this team is going to make if this team will, is going to win the SEC regular season outright if they're gonna compete for a final four national championship Sevier Wheeler is going to have to be a part of that mm-hmm. I just think that his role needs to be limited a little bit he is a great layup maker as Cal says yeah um, I think he's a very cerebral player and, but I do think that you, you lose something because of how they're able to play off of him and they don't have to you know, respect his shot. Casey Wallace, you have to respect his shot. And uh, it's, it's pretty clear. You know, I think you look at that team with uh, Kevin Knox, and they started the year with Quad A Green running the point, I think, for a lot of the time, and then they, we figured out how good Shea Gilders Alexander was, and then he took yep. over. And then by the end of the season, you were like, "Why was Quad A Green ever running the point?" When Shea, we didn't know how good. How did we not know Shea was this and Quade good? Quad A still had his moments. He won the game for Kentucky against Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt the game, right? Game winner. Like yep. he
0: had his moments where Quad A was, you know, had, had he shined through. But... He also shot a three against Kansas State, but uh... yeah, well, ir- irrelevant. <laughs> uh, but the. But you're there's right. Value yeah. everywhere. There's value. Yes. There's too much value on this team to not maximize it to the best of each yeah. of their individual yeah. abilities. It makes no sense to just force feed something that, admittedly, did not work to close out the year. When Kentucky was rolling, it was when they were making shots, it was you know free flowing back and forth last season. When it they struggled, was when it was kind of the grind it out. Let's just milk this game out and and, and plod their way to a, a, a victory, and sometimes it would result in, in losses. Unfortunately, we're seeing that kind of extending into this season with just a, a new batch of, of pieces alongside some of the other uh, returnees, and uh, it, it has led to some pretty ugly offense, but the pieces are all there. I'm not concerned long-term about this. I still, to this day, think that this is a, a team that can be a title contender. Absolutely. As of right now, yes the offense is, is really struggling it's ugly and it needs to improve they need an offensive coordinator I, I wish you know the bringing in Liam Cohen on the football side I wish there was a Liam Cluck Cohen equivalent that Tyler Ullis that could just come in wow what a transition yeah. how about that Steven <laughs> this morning news breaks uh, by KSR just putting putting that out there that Tyler Ulis is back. He's been back with the program. He's been taking classes, full-time class. Uh, he's a full-time student at UK uh, as he works his way back from that absolutely tragic car wreck that basically left him uh, you know, on crutches for six months, uh, broke a, a ton of bones in his body. And he's just uh, in nowhere near close to playing shape. Don't know if he will ever, I, I, he needs to be on the floor. I want him to be, he's my favorite point guard of all time. I want him to be on the basketball floor doing what he does best. However. If he can't be on the floor playing basketball, I want him to be coaching basketball. I want him to be around this program in whatever capacity he can be in, and Kentucky is set to make that official, bringing him in as a student assistant, very similar, identical to the role uh, that Brad Calipari had on this team last season. and, And. um, I, I think it's a, an absolutely crucial decision for John Calipari you love what he can bring to a guy like Xavier Wheeler, how he can help a guy like Cason Wallace, uh, I absolutely love the addition, um, again my favorite point guard of all time uh, Kentucky
1: basketball history, so I, I, it's very yeah. hard to go wrong in that regard. But it shows how Cal, you know, really how much he admires Tyler Uless, and, and, and I I don't know if I dreamed this, did you say, was it you or somebody said that Cal had already reached out to Tyler Uless at some point just to kind of get his thoughts on on this team, and how to how to run this offense. Uh- so he was around at the
0: very beginning. So okay. just kind of some backstory on this whole move. Kentucky's been trying to get him on as a full-time assistant, uh, you know, as a full-time student assistant since the beginning of the year. There was kind of some pushback on Kentucky's end about how to, you know, make it legal and make it, you know, done the, gone through the right channels to make it done the right way. Kentucky finally found that loophole by having him, you know, he was just taking some part-time classes, and that didn't that didn't suffice for, uh, you know, the Kentucky regulations that up, up top. They finally found that loophole. He's a full-time student now, so he's bring, coming in as a full-time student assistant. Um, so yes, he's already been around the program, uh, taking classes. He was there at Big Blue Madness. He's been there uh, the entire season, but now he's going to be there in an on-court capacity. He's going to be able to help the team more as you know more than a, a glorified guest of sorts. So, you know, he's going to be able to be there and help walk through things, and you know, be the hands-on coach that you know use him to the best of his abilities as well so uh man having a role model like that a, a guy that knows the game so you know, known for his basketball iq uh the magic that he produces as the, as the starting point guard of kentucky i mean goodness gracious uh what an unbelievable move for for you know guys like Xavier wheeler guys like case and wallace shoot think of a do thero new power forward a do thero in cal's mind but if you want him to be the big guard of sorts and learn how to play the guard position that I think he will be down the road, what better guy to to learn from than arguably the best point guard in Kentucky basketball history, size aside. Yeah. Just in terms of pure oh, basketball IQ. Yeah, pure no basketball better person IQ. To learn from.
1: I loved his I loved his jump shot. Um, Tyler Eulis was, you know, I think his size actually played to an advantage almost. I think he had that low center of gravity, you know, uh quick, kind of a pest. You know, Sevier Wheeler Look, I mean I, he doesn't shoot the ball as well as Tyler does but or Tyler did but I mean uh, you know we talked about his change of pace and his his, his defense and he's kind of you know severes kind of that that little guy that just like as you know if you're yeah. like, just bringing the ball across F court it's like will you get off me like he's yeah. just all up in your face so I love I love that we're gonna get Tyler Eulis kind of giving some guidance to Kentucky's point guards and and uh, it can be nothing but a positive I yeah. mean Ullis is a great guy that he said to bring back a um, two-year player in Cal's system, so he's going to know the system because it has not changed. I don't believe it's changed since 2016. You so. were literally, before this show started, he was watching highlights of the Wichita State game
0: uh, in 2014 <laughs> during the start of we Kentucky's... We when uh, I did that, yeah. The start of Kentucky's yeah. run, and he literally said, we literally just watched kentucky run this exact same play uh against ucla the congestion things like that they won that game and there are a lot of wins on the table for kentucky to close out this year um and it starts tonight kentucky has to get the job done against uh, a very hot mizzou tiger squad uh, led by first year coach dennis gates done a, a tremendous job to start his his time here but uh you know Time for a nice little reality check that I I hope Kentucky is uh, welcome to the SEC. Yeah, uh, that'd be tremendous as we get a nice little uh, ESPN chime. Uh, So I think that should wrap this up. We want to give fans an opportunity to listen to this before the uh, game
1: actually starts. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say.